down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets drunk, start singing all night, drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. Hello, my wine friends. This is Jake from Tasting Anarchy, and I've got a very good solo episode for you today. Mason is out with a sick child, so if you're the praying type, keep her in your prayers. If you're not the praying type, then keep her in your thoughts. Um, I'm going to go over this week. This is something I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks because, you know, as I experience more in wine, I'm trying to kind of translate that into the show. And there is a new concept that I am becoming familiar with and that apparently is very popular in the wine world, but a little bit less known in the wine world. Now, everybody is familiar with the wine. Well, I wouldn't say everybody, but most people are familiar with the wine region of Bordeaux. And Bordeaux is very famous for both red and white grapes. Uh, in the red grapes, most of their wines are blended between uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, a Merlot, uh, Petit Verdot, Cabernet Franc, and Malbec or Carmenere. These are basically the, the grape varietals that are available to them in Bordeaux, and they make their, they have world-class wines, basically, is what I'm driving at. And in the New World, America, Australia, South America, they also do blends in this tradition. And in the late 80s, they wanted to somehow express that they were making very good blended red wines in the Americas, in Australia, in the New World that are similar to the Bordeaux style, but not necessarily the Bordeaux style, but they wanted to differentiate themselves from regular table red wine blends. Um, So there is a group called the Meritage Alliance, and they are a private organization, it's a nonprofit that basically certifies uh, that a wine is done with the so-called noble grapes, the Bordeaux grapes, and blended in the style of Bordeaux, and that makes it a meritage wine. So you do have to pay a small fee to get your wines to hold this label, but there's a certification process that goes through it, and basically the certification is saying that this is a wine, a red blended wine, that is a higher quality. Now, if you guys have been listening to the show for a long time, you kind of know that Mason and I sort of had a, a bias against blended wines, which is a pretty common bias in America in particular, is that a lot of Americans, they want to have a wine and they want it to be, uh, basically, they want to taste a Cabernet Sauvignon. They want to taste a Cabernet Franc. As you guys all know, I, I love Cabernet Franc. But there is a lot of reasons why you might want to blend grapes. And even if you have a great harvest of Cabernet Sauvignon, a great harvest of Cabernet Franc, a great Merlot harvest, you may want to blend these together the same way why if you have a really wonderful cut of steak, you may want to add salt and pepper to it or you know some other types of spices, onions, uh, you know the types of things that you would normally add to a steak because it kind of helps balance the flavors and brings out those flavors. And that's what Meritage wines do. So in order to be a Meritage wine or certified by the Meritage Alliance in the United States, for red wines, you have to have a part Cabernet Sauvignon, part Cabernet Franc, part Merlot, part Malbec, part Petit Verdot, and part Carmenere. You don't have to have all of those, but you those are the ones that you mix to be certified. 
And you can actually, I'm going to link to it on the show notes page. You can go check out uh, what the certification process is like and how much it costs to be certified. Uh, it's it's very interesting. I'm not going to cover the whites, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give you quickly the, the whites that you can have to certify yourself as a Meritage uh, white wine. That's Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Sommelion, and Muscadelle de Bordeaux. And the reason I don't like sharing these is because it's difficult for me to pronounce anything French. Um, actually, even Carmenere, I'm pretty sure that it's pronounced Carmenere or Carmenere, but uh, I don't hold me to that. So anyways, the reason I am particularly interested in this lately is because I've been trying to branch out a little bit out of my comfort zone. So lately, it started with Rioja. Uh, I've been getting into these red blends and then I kind of, then Jackson Blood, uh, if you guys want to go back and listen to his episode, fantastic episode, he introduced us to Bordeaux wines, really great wines. Um, but mixing these styles of grapes really gives a, uh, I guess a balance. It adds a little bit to the structure. It's, it's sort of like painting a picture. You don't, you know, a, a picture that is just red paint on canvas, it can be a very pretty picture, but you add in a dimension of complexity when you start adding blue and yellow and all these other colors. And it's sort of the same thing with wine is that the winemakers who are doing Meritage in the New World are trying to paint a taste picture for the consumers. And in this case, Cabernet Sauvignon is a really good example of this. Cabernet Sauvignon, it, particularly if it's young, has a very strong up front punch. It's very much tasted in the tip of the tongue and then after you swallow it on the back. But there's very little middle taste. Whereas Merlot has this fruitiness, this sort of uh, acidity to it that is very heavy on the uh, middle portion of your tongue. So, and, and this is, you know, all scientific or whatever, that, that different taste buds on different parts of your tongue taste different flavors and are more sensitive to sour, more sensitive to bitter, and that sort of thing. So in order to have a very balanced wine that is tasted both front, middle, and back, you you end up blending this Merlot and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and that gives you this sort of a better structure, a better smoothness. And then you add in Malbec, you add in Petit Verdot, you add in Carmenere to give these other things. You add in Cabernet Franc to give more structure, um, just kind of a more complete picture. So I'm going to go ahead and run through those red grapes again and just sort of say what the Her the Meritage is, uh, the Meritage Alliance says each one of these grapes brings to the picture. And this may give you an idea of the types of red grapes varietals that you may want to try just straight up. And um, like, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Cabernet Sauvignon, huge fan of Cabernet Franc. I drink both of those as single varieties quite often, although Cabernet Sauvignon in the United States... In order to label it Cabernet Sauvignon, it only has to be 80, 80% or 80 to 85%, I think. And um, so a lot of times you are getting other blending grapes in there to sort of finish out the structure. Cabernet Sauvignon can be very aggressive on its own, particularly if it's young. And um, so it's sort of hard to have that on its own. It's also expensive to to have just a single varietal grape. You know, you, that's just not how people grow grapes typically. So I'll go ahead and read through these just so you guys can kind of get a picture. So on the Meritage Alliance's site, they say Cabernet Sauvignon produces a dense wine providing structure and uh, it's, it says providing structure and concentrated flavors, combines power and backbone, adding rich tannins with uh, contribution to the age worthiness of a blend. Cabernet Sauvignon aromas are uh, redolent and black currants, black cherry, and plum and uh, flavors 
uh, flavors presented rich, mature black fruit flavors, ripened blackberries, and ripe plum. Then Cabernet Franc, my favorite varietal, uh, exhibiting softer tannins and less dominant than Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Franc adds finesse, enhances aromas, and adds earthy characters. The aromas include a rich, mature uh, fruit perfume and spicy earthiness. Red fruits, such as raspberries and cherries, define the flavor of Cabernet Franc combined with distinct cloves and cinnamon characteristics. Very good description of a good Cabernet Franc. Um, I'm going to go ahead and here's an editorial or whatever, my addition into Cabernet Franc. Go back and listen to, I think it's mini episode number 41 or 42. I'll check on that real quick. Not 42, 43. So I have a episode on Cabernet Francs where I review four Cabernet Francs. And um, I think that that is a very good, I guess, swath of what Cabernet Francs have. I actually just recently had another one from Mendoza, Argentina, that is completely different than the four that I reviewed. So terroir really plays into Cabernet Franc. Well, really all grapes it plays into. But I, I think this is a very good general description of what you're going to get in a Cabernet Franc. The uh, A little bit more mature Cabernet Franc is really going to accentuate that softer tannins, um, and uh, not as much of a punchiness that Cabernet Sauvignon has. Uh, the next one that they have on there is Merlot. Um, an early ripening variety, Merlot gives a round fruit characteristic, soft tannins, and a supple texture to the wine, contributing lively fruit characteristics and aromas of red cherry, raspberry, and blueberry. On the palate, Merlot offers flavors of ripe cherry and chocolate flavors, combining uh, combined with fresh, freshly texture with a fresh, a fleshy texture. My, my mistake, a fleshy texture. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Merlot, but in a blend, I think Merlot does add a lot of structure and I have been branching out a little bit more into Merlots lately and Merlot, it does offer some more complexity that I didn't used to appreciate as much. I, I'm not a huge fan of this particular wine. Usually it's too soft in the flavors for me to, um, I really appreciate, but a very good Merlot can be good. And now that I'm kind of learning a little bit of those tastes, this I'm so, I, th- I feel like I'm graduating to that. You know, I sort of like you know Pinot uh, Pinot Noir is sort of uh, I, I equate these two as being similar in a lot of ways. They're they're not the same at all, but they're they're similar in that they're both delicate flavors. Uh, and I think that that is something that's either you like it right away or it takes time for you to like it. That's kind of one of those those things. So. Uh, the Merlot, that's what it adds to it. So Malbec is the next one. Uh, Malbec adds a deep color and acidity to the blend, helping a soft, uh, helping to soften tannins of, uh, of the other wines. Very aromatic with definitive floral and exotic characteristics. The flavors are ultra concentrated blueberry and jam flavors. Very good description, I think, of Malbec. It is very jammy usually. It's, um, not sweet. Uh, typically not sweet, but it does have a lot of fruit flavor that makes it seem sweet, but it's not sweet when it, meaning the difference between a dry and a sweet wine or a dry and a sugary wine. Dry wines, most of the sugar has been metabolized by the yeast, but, uh, in a dry, in a sugary wine, there's still sugar, but it's, the the when you have a very very strong fruity characteristic it makes you think of something sweet but it's not actually sweet it's just fruity and i think that this is uh pretty pretty characteristic of that uh the next one is petite verdot providing intense color petite verdot produces very concentrated 
concentrated and tannic wines, highly aromatic and adds spiciness, robust flavors of molasses, plum, uh, blackberries, and blackberries to the blend. Petit Verdot is a very interesting one. I don't have a huge amount of experience with this, but if you go back and listen to Mason, I did a review on it from Petit Petit from Lodi. Um, that was a pretty interesting one. I don't know that we released that. I think it's a classic episode that I still have in reserve, but it is interesting. And I think it's a fairly good description of it. Carmenere is the last one, and Mason and I have explored Carmenere quite a bit, mostly Carmenere from Chile. So um, the the way that they describe it is a member of the Cabernet family. It produces wines of deep, rich color and aroma of red fruits, spice, and berry. Carmenere provides flavor of ripe cherries, dark chocolate, and tobacco combined with earthy aromas and smoke and spice. I think it's Carmenere. But I'm going to say Carmenere, or I'm going to keep saying Carmenere. Uh, this is one of my favorite wine varietals, and it's but it's very, very hit or miss, and that's kind of the delicate part of this, is that it's hard to decide what you're going to get. Now, Mason and I have done an episode of Carmenere. Uh, I would have to go back and look through it, or it may be a classic episode that I haven't released yet, but I've had several Chilean wines that are Carmenere's, and some of them are very good, some of them are not. This is the first one where black pepper is actually a dominant flavor that I tasted in the wine. Sometimes they describe a wine as being peppery, but Carmenere is the only one that I really taste black pepper. Uh, not just a spiciness that could be equated with pepper, but an actual black pepper. The tobacco, I could t- sometimes I can taste that, but it's usually an aroma thing. Um, there is a smokiness, there is a spiciness to it. The spiciness is black pepper. Uh, and so all of these grapes combined. So you've got these five, well, six possible ones. They say that Carmenere and Petit Verdot are interchangeable. Uh, all, all these six are the ones that are allowed to be in um, Meritage wines, and they do make a very complex, very interesting wine. They also make wines that are uh, younger wines, more balanced that a balance that kind of would come with age, and they also make it that wines that are not really designed to be aged can age because they have these other uh, wines in them. So it does help kind of bring out these other flavors to to allow them to age. Now. They've only been around since the late 80s, so I don't know how old of one you're going to get, but a young a young Meritage wine is still worth having. And the other reason I really like this topic and wanted to bring it up is that I mentioned it before. The Meritage Alliance is um, private, and Mason and I have talked a lot about this. It, it, this Meritage Alliance is a nonprofit, and, we, and Mason and I have talked about it where the – Government basically regulates American viticulture areas, and I don't think that's appropriate, and I also don't think it's necessary. And we've covered a lot of the Willamette Valley Wine Growers Association, how they are trying to petition the government to be a little bit more strict with the regulations when it comes to American viticulture areas and, and a number of other ones. Virginia has done something similar, and um, and actually a long time ago Napa and Sonoma both participated in a lot of uh, – basically inviting the government in to regulate them. And this to me is not only a huge mistake, but also a violation of, you know, my, my core principles as a anarchist. And I think that this is a really good example of somebody who has done it correctly. And that is that they wanted to have some sort of certification process to differentiate these red blended wines from other red table wines, which are not necessarily of worse quality, but are different. And they're doing something in the Bordeaux style, and they really want to uh, showcase that. And so they came up with a certification that showcases that. Now, the reason this came up ultimately was because I've recently had a Meritage wine. And it's the first Meritage wine I had, 
and it is from a Texas company. So yes, that's right. So Texas does make wine in the Bordeaux style, which is a little unusual. It's very, very hot here in the summer. It makes ripening grapes sort of difficult. Um, or well, not difficult. It makes it very, very easy, which is what makes them super sugary and very unusual tasting. And the Meritage wine that I got is uh, from a company that I think makes decent wines. Most of their wines are fairly inexpensive. And by that, I mean they're inexpensive and it's worth six or seven dollars to buy the wine. Doesn't mean it's a bad wine. It just means that it's six or seven dollar wine and what you're buying, what you're paying is what you're getting. It's not a deal is what I guess is that's what I'm driving at. Now, they do have a Meritage wine. It's called uh, the Texas Signature Meritage, and it is $10 at total wine. That's actually a little bit less. I think it's like nine fifty or something like that. And frankly, this is a, is a good deal. Uh, it is a good blended wine. It is not as good as some of the Bordeaux I've had, but it's also better than, you know, if you go back two episodes ago or three episodes ago, I think, I had a, um, a Bordeaux that I just did not care for at all, but it was only made with three of the Noble Grapes. This one is made with four of the noble grapes. This is, it's like I said, it's called, it's Lilano Estacado. That's the, the, uh, winemaker. This one's called the Texas Signature Red Meritage. It's made with Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, uh, Merlot, and Petit Verdot. So, uh, no Cabernet Franc and no Carmenere. Two of my favorites, but nevertheless, this is blended very well. For 10 bucks, I really do think this is a great deal. And you really couldn't go wrong just trying this out. I haven't tried a lot of other Meritage ones, so I don't know what they're offering in California. I've recently discovered that they're actually offering several highly rated Meritage from British Columbia, of all places. I didn't even know they grew that many grapes up there, but um, British Columbia apparently makes some very, very fine Meritage wines, uh, so you might want to check those out too. But kind of going back to this one, I thought this was very good. Um, it is a, it's a very uh, kind of a light ruby red color more along the lines of kind of a dull ruby color not not like not like that dark deep ruby color um it smells a little bit chocolatey not super chocolatey it does have the classic red fruit flavors that you would get in a red wine uh there is sort of a hint of something else maybe like a smell of tea um it, it's it's hard to describe but there but there is sort of that the the overriding flavor is the cherry kind of the cherry, plum, red fruit flavor. It's medium-bodied, uh, which for those of you who don't know, medium-bodied just kind of... So when something's full body, it feels like it's heavy on your tongue. When something's light body, it feels very light on your tongue. medium body is in between. So I would say it's a, it's a medium-bodied. It's a little bit tart, a little bit acidic. Um, the tannins are not as strong as I would have expected, considering this doesn't have... Uh, well, the Carmenere, I think, would, would probably accentuate it. Considering the major component in this is Cabernet Sauvignon, I would have expected more intense tannins, but it's actually pretty pretty mild tannins. It's very very smooth, very silky for... I, I really don't want to disparage Texas wines because I live in Texas, and, and they do make a lot of very good wines, but I've had quite a few not great Texas wines, or except for Tempranillo. Tempranillo, I think Texas does very well, but you know that's another conversation. The, but the tannins are quite smooth, It's uh, which is unusual because it's so hot here, but anyways... Um, the flavors is it's more of a tart red fruit flavor, kind of a tart cherry flavor. I, I I talked about this before. There's a type of cherry that I used to get on the side of the road when I lived in the in California. So like if you go down in the Central Valley, there's these like old white shacks, and there's like these kind of half yellow, half red cherries that they have there that are very sour. Um, and it kind of has that flavor or maybe more, maybe more like an unripe and cranberry juice sort of flavor. It's, it's very good. There is a little bit of a chocolate, chocolatiness, I think quite a strong vanilla flavor in it. Um, 
But that's that's pretty much it. It's not super complex. It's not super unusual, but it's a good wine. And for $10, I really think it's a steal. So if you're in Texas or if you're somewhere where you can get Lolano Estacado, um, it, it's it's quite good and for and quite a great price. Uh, you know, Texas does actually have quite a long wine history. And I live here, so I, I'm already predisposed to trying not to dismiss Texas wines. You know, they've been growing wine here from, you know, the monks since I think the 1620s or maybe maybe even earlier than that. And especially in, in western Texas, there's a lot of really exciting things coming out. And the Texas High Plains region, which is in, you know, that square part of northern Texas. And they, they do produce some really good ones. Usually I'm raving more along the lines of the Tempranillo or the Vignet that they do here in Texas. But this, I think, is quite good and very affordable. So... That's really all I have to say in this episode. If you want to learn more about Meritage, uh, I think I covered the red side of it pretty well. It's very interesting and a really great way to introduce yourself to often inexpensive, really great red blends. You look on the bottle. I'm going to go ahead and endorse this because I appreciate that they're a private organization. Go look on the bottles when you're in the red blend section. If you want to get a nice a nice red blended wine that'll go probably it's probably going to be good with like steak or like you know even if you're cooking out or whatever you're going to get a good deal on a red blended wine that's inexpensive if you just look for it to say meritage on it because they're not allowed to say meritage alliance on the bottle because it's trademarked uh if it's not a meritage grape and we, we can get into the anarchist position on trademark you know that's one of the few areas mason and i disagree on but i think that that's a really good indicator of quality is that the Meritage Alliance will certify that this is a high quality, made from high quality grapes. And uh, go ahead and pick up a bottle. Pick up the Lilano Estacado if you have it available to you. It's here in Texas for very inexpensive. I know I have several Texas listeners. Let me go ahead and do some shout outs real quick because actually this particular wine was not specifically recommended by a friend of ours on Twitter. But it, uh, he recommended the, the Lilano Sweet Red for $6, which I can't drink a sweet red. It's just not, it's not for me. But when I was trying to convince myself to get it so that I could review it for Mr. Sue, the pseudo intellectual who has a new podcast on, um, alt, uh, alt internet radio, the same, same channel as, uh, Dina Files. And, uh, he wanted me to try this or, or he, he mentioned it online. I guess he wasn't really trying to get me to try it. But when I was over there at the Texas wine section, looking at the Lilanos, I saw this one and I had read recently about Meritage and I wanted to try a Meritage one. And I thought perfect opportunity to try a Meritage from Texas. Uh, so shout out to Mr. Sue, the pseudo intellectual, go listen to his podcast on alt internet radio. That is it. So if you guys are interested or you want to talk about Meritage with me, you can do so at tasting anarchy on Twitter, or you can email me directly at tasting anarchy at gmail.com. Um, I believe I have my comments turned on on the website. I don't post there very often. We're trying to get better at that. Uh, but you can go ahead and visit the website, tastinganarchy.com, and follow me on Instagram where you can see pictures of my cute dog and whatever wine I've recently been drinking. So that is it uh, from Jake at Tasting Anarchy. Stay free. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peter's town, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 40.
49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine, for the you to drink wine. Wine, for the you to drink wine. Wine, for the you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, wine. Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine. Horton Sherry. Wine, wine, wine. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsey at Willis Den. He wasn't selling for the American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drank a wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine for the other day. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some buys fifth and some buys four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for the other day. Wine for the other day.